Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome. To the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always, Mr. Blake Harrison. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. Very good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm a little tired. Um, I should. We should get this out of the way first, that neither of us, we've, we've been very busy, right? And we, we'll talk about what we've been up to, but neither of us have actually seen the prelims uh, for today's uh, episode. No. Very but unprofessional. The main card, there's, 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 there's plenty of fat on the bone to talk about there, right? Oh, absolutely. I think the main card was where it was at. Because <clears throat> the other thing is, we have been super busy. And uh, we didn't even record a preview to UFC no. 277. So if you were expecting that, we apologize. We didn't get that out to you. Um, but had we been talking on the uh, preview show, I think we probably would have highlighted that looking on paper at the whole event, the main card was was where it was at. And I know that sounds like something that goes without saying, not always the main cards where it's at. No, sometimes you get these prelims where you're like, there's some fantastic yeah. fights on these prelims Absolutely. and all that stuff. I wasn't looking at this other than maybe Drew Dober as yeah. a, as a, a fighter that I would go, oh God, I, I really, you know, I, he's a mm-hmm. name that I recognise that I think could do well and all those kind of mm-hmm. things. And you know, it was it was all about the fights on the main card, which was pretty stacked. It was a really yeah. good main card. So before we get on with that, like, um, thanks for all the lovely feedback that you you have sent in about. Um, Mine and Blake's little uh, road trip back from UFC London, uh, back to uh, Blake Towers. Um, it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> we weren't sure how that was going to come out. Like with uh, uh, Harrison the Human mic stand, just literally holding the, the the recorder next to our gobs as we're driving, and whilst he's telling me how to get back to his as well. Um, but we've had some lovely feedback, so so thank you. We've actually sort of I've gone back and listened and. Uh, I think it really works. So I think we're, we're, we're talking about maybe in, in, in future things that we might do at events, like maybe do a little bit more of that because it feels more, well, it was fresh and someone said you could still hear the excitement in your voices like yeah. from literally walking straight out of the O2. 
Yeah, and also the excitement of Stu going completely the wrong way to begin with. <laughs> because I directed him the wrong way as well. I didn't even know the way to my own house. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, and it was like I was constantly gesticulating. I was holding the mic and then being like making like a circular of, of, uh, symbol with my finger as if to say, turn around, turn around, we're going the wrong way. That That's what you're dancing. Left. I was pointing right. Oh, yeah, I was bang on it, mate. <laughs> I mean, as has um, has it been with, uh, you know, the, the, the texting and the... And I'm sure the endless phone calls from him since you've become best friends with Michael Chandler. Oh, mate. So that was fucking great. Even Kerry jumped. My wife jumped on the bandwagon. And she was messaging him being like, oh, thanks for this. Like, genuinely. So I, if you haven't seen it yet, on our socials, and the video quality isn't great because we're still kind of getting to grips with that side of, mm. you know, MMA media stuff and all that. So I'm just using my phone and a tripod. Other people have got these proper great cameras. So if you go on our socials, you can see the raw footage of me asking that question to Michael Chandler and him answering it. And I think um, he's put up, he put it up on his socials, even on his socials. He, you know, he didn't put anyone else's questions up. Just put yours. the M- MMA fan podcast question <laughs> up, baby. Yeah, boy. Um, and the uh, the video quality is a lot better on his one, let's just be honest. Um, but I asked him, because I've been feeling this myself, I've been away in Belfast doing filming at the moment, not really seen much of the kids. And I'll get yeah. on to what I've been up to recently where, you know, I, I came back for like a weekend and a bit last week and still didn't really see much of the kids because I had so much other work on. And there's this really difficult thing in your brain. If you're, if you're a, a dad or a mum, a parent that, that works enough that you, you don't feel like you're seeing your kids enough or you have to work abroad sometimes or anything like that, there's this weird thing in your head where you're trying to work out the balance between being the best parent you want to be and also achieving the goals that you're setting yourself. You know, and, and the go-to response with these things is always, well, yeah, but I'm providing for my family. I'm providing for my family. But do you know what? There are other ways you can provide for your family. And equally, I would, I want to do it. So you have to kind of reconcile that bit with yourself. It's not as simple as, oh, I'm providing for my family. I am providing for my family, but it's a slightly selfish endeavor as well. Because I don't have to go abroad to work. I could, I could stay home and wait for a job to come in that's here. Now, granted... The job I'm doing at the moment, this a job called World on Fire, which is a World War II drama. I don't really get many of those offers to, to yeah. do like action scenes and dramas and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I did have to go for it. But it's that it's that weird thing in your head where you're like, am I being selfish? I'm not being with the kids. I'm leaving my wife alone. And, you know, there's there's days where the kids don't go to bed on time or they're being a pain in the arse. I mean, I've, got, I've got great kids. They're lovely. But that, that just happens. And... You start to feel that guilt. And I asked Michael Chandler effectively about that that balance between being an elite level fighter and trying to be the best dad you can do. If you don't know, Michael Chandler's got two adopted sons. He just recently adopted his second son. Um, and he gave a beautiful answer just all about how, how much of a delicate dance it is and how much there is no balance. You have to realize there is no balance. You, you do have to be selfish at times and you do what is the best you think it is to do within that specific moment and that's all you can do if you worry about balance you're going to go to bed thinking you're a failure and you'll wake up in the morning thinking you're a failure because whatever one you're leaning more towards you'll be thinking about how you're not putting enough effort into the other one sure so there's no balance 
You're just you're doing what the right thing is in that time. So go and check out that answer. I thought that was great. So yeah, Michael Chandler did call me the man. Just uh, just called me the man. So um, mm, just gonna put nice. that out. There. Yeah, it's, it's okay. nice. Yeah, you're un- you're underplaying it, but Michael Chandler called me the man. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also this week you've done some um, some some work for for PFL with um, the, uh, the 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 man himself, Dan Hardy. Tell us about yeah. that. Well, that was that was mental. That was, I mean, so I had I came back for the weekend and I had what was meant to be two episodes of this new PFL podcast to do. That's the video podcast it's out on the I think Channel Four Sport YouTube page, and if you go on Twitter and stuff, I think both me and Dan have been like retweeting it and stuff. So you'll find it if you you look on the socials, you'll find it. Um, but uh, yeah, PFL obviously Channel Four have uh, content for the PFL now, and they reached out to me to potentially present some some content for them which you know was really really lovely and then they were like oh you'd be doing it with dan hardy and i was like what <laughs> and me and dan oh okay <laughs> and so it was really that's really cool you know and so yeah so we did our first episode that was just all like talking about the pfl and the pfl does have such an interesting structure just you know the fact that there's like a league format and then it becomes a, a, a tournament and we've got the semi-finals coming up. I think this Friday, this Friday, Steve, I mean, if you haven't seen it, Stevie Ray's win over Anthony Pettis in the second round of like their regular, what they call their regular mm. season. Basically, every fighter has two fights in the PFL. Whoever accrues the most points goes through to the semi-finals. You get three points for a win, one for a draw. But then there's bonus points as well. So if you finish someone in the first round, you get loads of bonus points and yeah. so on and so forth. Don't want to bore you with it. But... Stevie Ray had no points. He lost his first fight. Then he fights Anthony Pettis, who everyone's thinking is going to win, who's coming off of a win himself. And he gets him in this modified twister in the second round, locks him up, taps him out, and gets five points because he gets the extra bonus points and sneaks his way into the semifinals. And what happens in the semifinals? He's got a rematch, Anthony Pettis, in New York. It's proper like rock. Is that this stuff. Friday? It's this Friday. Uh-huh. And it's like Stevie Ray has turned fought. around quick. Yeah, I know. Stevie Ray hadn't fought in two and a half years. Fights his opening fight in the PFL, loses. You're like, oh, this isn't going very well for Stevie. And boom, now he's headlining in New yeah. York against Anthony Pettis in a rematch of a fight he just won. That's like, that's rocky shit. That is really yeah. fun stuff. So that's going on on Friday. Uh, we'll have a few more episodes coming out in the lead up to that on the PFL podcast and stuff. Um but yeah, and, and the PFL comes to Wales on August 13th and um, to London on August 20th. Brendan Lochnane is uh, in the London card against Chris Wade in his semi-finals. Uh, Brendan Lochnane, if you, we had on the show recently mm. from, from Manchester. We had on the MMA Fan Podcast recently. And uh, Kayla Harrison's also on that card 10 years after she won an Olympic gold medal in London for judo. So that's a nice little storyline as well. Um, nice. So yeah, there's loads going on with with that, and that was busy. But I also had a couple of auditions as well. So it's just basically it's been a mad old time. So apologies for not getting a preview show out. Um, but you've had some uh, some nice things going on, haven't you? And you you were out celebrating an interesting thing last night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, my uh, my sister in law Nina Hughes. Um, uh, it's, it's incredible, and it's almost like rocky shit as well. To be honest, um, she was uh, a, a, an incredible amateur and, and was on the um, uh, looked like she was going to go to the Olympics. Um, same, uh, I think at the time she was same weight as Nicola Adams. She's boxed Nicola, um, and uh, and and then yeah, had a, had a fantastic career as an amateur. Retired, uh, had two children, and uh, and he's he's Nina thirty nine or forty. Um, 
and just decided looking at like watching the fights that she still thought she she had something to do and say and got back in the gym got in incredible shape uh and yeah he's now unbeaten as a pro uh and last night took the uh super bantamweight commonwealth and um international title and if all goes to plan you know in the next fight or two well chat well title shot and so yeah to see somebody you know have two children and 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 you know reach midlife and then go yeah. do you know what i'm i'm going to i'm going to come back and i've still got something to to prove here and yeah it was a a hard fought 10 rounds last night and it was it wasn't the most graceful fight last night it was there was a bit of dirty boxing going on it was very rough and tumble and uh but my sister in law's the champ and uh she sent me a picture this morning with a big old shiner I said, don't look at that shiner. Look at them two shiny belts you got around your waist. And uh, and it it was lovely. You know, I had my nephew on my lap for the for the fight and, and get him. And it was lovely to see. He's, he's, he's literally like sort of seven years old and he got to do the ring walk with his mum, which was lovely. Oh. And then afterwards he was he was in the ring as well. So it was, yeah, lovely, lovely night last night. A few beers was had. And uh, so hence, by the time I got in and got up this morning, we're recording this at, this is currently like 11 o'clock in the morning on the Sunday uh, after the uh, 277. So I've also uh, not had a chance to see the prelims. So, uh, but what I think we're going to do today, I mean, Blake's literally just he's that I mean this is it now he's he's doing he's doing his stuff with Dan Hardy he's just walked off he's just become an absolute fucking diva now I've just realised that the laptop because my wife just had the laptop was down to really low battery and I was like oh shit so I just quickly got the charger I was like imagine if this just cut off now how pissed off we would be and so, yeah, so it's been a busy old week. So to, to echo what Blake said, apologies for not getting the, 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 the pre-277 show out. And uh, I would have been interested to know what our picks would have been um, because that main card last night, ooh, yes, please. Uh, well, let's get well, on with it. Um, yeah, on. and on, on that note, I, would, I don't think I could have picked in the main event because there was so many questions that needed to be answered. In the lead-up to that fight, Nunes... We're talking versus, Nunes Pena, right? We're talking Pena Nunes, Nunes yeah. It, you were like, did Nunes just have an off night? Mm. Or was re, was is something really going on? I mean, she had COVID a little while before that fight, which could have explained, like, gas tank issues. But the big narrative was she'd been champ for so long. Was she just not really that bothered anymore? Was she just underestimating gone. everyone? Was was the hunger gone exactly? And I think we we realised the hunger is very much still there. Yeah. And I think given the performance, it was just an off night. She had yeah. one off night, and I, I mean, given the result of that fight, I mean, it was a fifty forty three scorecard on on one of the scorecards, and I'm not arguing against it. It was just like. You're just like there's there's no way if 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 there'd been a quick knockout or if there'd had been like a, a more competitive fight and props to Pena because she kept going she was Hard constantly as nails she was marauding forward and taking shots and then just getting back up and doing the same thing and then when Nunes started going I'm just going to take you down and work you with, with the ground and pound now she was always trying to look for submissions yeah she that, that if anything. Pena's gone up in my estimation, despite the fact, I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, she was so dominated and so obviously beaten. Yeah. But I think to myself, do you know what? 
I, I want to watch a fighter like you. You never give up. Never give up. And and, and I, I loved that about her in that fight. But Nunes gets all the credit. Because and to layer a little bit dominant. more credit on, on Juliana as well. Um, we saw in them first few rounds, like see, we see her get dropped a lot. That overhand right was so was so well timed, and it was you could see that Nunes was switching stances, and it really worked. You know, she was throwing that right hand from the lead hand, and it and it was working perfectly. Pena threw some incredible shots as well, and like, and I don't want that not to be credited because Nunes looked really. She always looks strong when she throws. But I think Pena's fight style looks a little scrappy, but it's effective, you know? Yeah. And I thought she threw... In, in them first few rounds, there was a few times where I thought, oh, she's she's definitely woke up Nunes with that shot. Like, she's she's got good hands. And and I don't want this, you know, them, them scores that was given, if people haven't seen that fight, to make you think that it was a completely one-sided, complete domination, because it wasn't, you know? The, the, in the latter rounds... You know, Nunes controlled her uh, on the ground. But, but as you're saying, like, uh, Pena never stopped looking for that arm or stopped looking for something when she was like on her back. Um, but Pena's hands, I thought, were, were were really impressive in the first few rounds as well. And and she, she gave maybe not as good as she got, but she definitely held her own. And she's got a chin on her, that girl. She's got a great chin on her. I, I don't agree that she, you know gave necessarily anywhere near as good as she got. She she landed a few good strikes, but it was just mm. not the power difference was so vast. It's like Pena would just blitz forward with this like, you know, one two, one two. And then Nunes would just seem to sometimes just slide out the way and hit her with like a lead right hook or something. And she was just on her ass. It was just like yeah. it was like in the first fight, it seemed like maybe Nunes got caught up in like the dog fight of it and was like, you're not allowed to hit me back because she's not been used to that for so long and got caught up in the dogfight of it and lost her cardio and then just crumbled, just crumbled in that first fight. And this fight was more, I'm going to take my time and show you that Absolutely. I'm technically, just so technically superior to you and I have a power advantage as well. And it was just a, it was a beating. It was The pace a of the fight was, was an important factor in it because, yeah. you know, it, it was all guns ablazing last time. As you said, I think Nunes was like, who the hell are you in this last fight? And then last night, Nunes was like just boxing clever, switching stances, picking her shots a bit more, moving out of range constantly. So Pena had to throw them combinations you just mentioned, you know, them one-twos to try and try and make that ground up because Pena fights so long and, and she kept, sorry, um, Nunes fights so long and he's so strong that that's a, it's a, you know, she's the GOAT. Like, that, there's a reason she's the GOAT, because she's not an easy person to fight. And props to Pena. She done what what she had to do to try and get in and make it a dogfight. But I think this time, Amanda just didn't really want to get pulled into it because she just fought a lot smarter, paced it so much better. Uh, and then, like you say, second half of the fight was far more about getting the takedowns and controlling her on the ground. And, but again, at any given point, you're just thinking, she was so bloodied up, Pena, as well. Yeah. I think like that must, they were so sweaty and bloody, it must have been very hard for her to get that arm or to get any kind of real grip or like, or, or sort of purchase on anything really that I don't think that done her any favours. And then Amanda just, when she'd sort of clear the space and she'd get them elbows in, everyone was like, oh dear, that's that's not nice. But 
yeah, I thought it was, yeah, a, a solid and dominant performance from from Nunes. But yeah, taking nothing away from Juliana. I think somebody tweeted straight after, "Give us the trilogy." Um, no, thank I'm you. I'm not. I'm not. No. I'm not in a rush for that, like at all. Like, um, I can't think who it was. Was it Derek Brunson? Might have said that. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I was just like, no, that I. I... I think that that's it. Again, if it was a closer fight, or even if it was a quick knockout, you go, oh, well, you yeah. never know. This was just sheer dominance. I think the, what this does is it highlights how just things weren't right in that first fight. And Amanda has made a lot of excuses, and I'm not always up for hearing those excuses after you've lost the fight, but she's changed camp. She spoke in the post-fight interview about how when she was at American Top Team, she felt uncomfortable. There's something going on there, even though they'd been great for her for so long. But now she's kind of developed her own camp. She's doing her own thing. She started her own gym and she's doing things there. And I mean, you can't argue with the results. That was one of Nunez's best performances ever, I think. Um, So So what's next? Well, I mean, when you're looking at the uh, bantamweight rankings, the obvious choice for the next fight is Ketlin Vieira, who recently beat uh, uh, Misha Tate. Uh, and was that was that her last win? Was that maybe Misha Tate was her last win? I'll check that out in a minute. But I think the only other option, if you don't go for Vieira, is the uh, the sexier her last win option. was Misha Tate. Yeah. So I mean, Kevin Vieira's ranked second. That's your obvious bantamweight challenger. But I think the thing that people would be more interested in seeing is Valentina step up. Yeah. It's yeah. just whether or not people are okay with Valentina stepping up after she had her closest fight ever against Tyler Santos. So I, I would, I'm happy to see it. I'd like to see Valentina step up. Let's, let's get this done now. Because how long is Nunez going to be around for? If she gets one or two more wins, she might just fly up, ride off into the sunset and not be that bothered anymore. She's a double weight world champion, which is weird because there isn't really a featherweight division and hasn't been for a long time. I know the UFC don't want to strip her. She won't want to be stripped. It looks great having the two belts as she runs around the cage. But what is that featherweight belt anymore? And if you just keep it wrapped around her waist, but she hasn't defended it for over a year because there's no one to defend it against. What, like, what does it mean? I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a strange why is one. It, that why is it bothering belt. you? Because it just doesn't seem to mean anything. Either way. No, I said it looks good. It's just like you, you got if you're going to run around the cage with two belts, you got to defend both belts. Mm. And and I think up until now, it's that's been fine that she hasn't because there's no challengers, and she's had the 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 situation with Pena that she had to sort yeah. out. But if she then fights, say say she takes six months off and then yeah. defends against Valentina Shevchenko, well, how long ago was that featherweight belt defended? Oh God knows. Uh... Well, that's what I'm saying. That's just. That to me is a bit weird, mm. and so surely you've got to throw in a featherweight title defense. But equally, it's a bit not. There's no point. Bring Cyborg back and oh, do that. That's what we want. That's, that's what, we, what want. we need. Do a cross promotional fight. Come on, that's what we really want. But yeah, that's we're, we're never going to happen. <laughs> no, they're not going to do it. But yeah, but I, so I personally, I would. I would the fight I would want to see is Valentina Shevchenko step up and fight for the bantamweight belt. Yeah, if she needs to parade around with two belts, fine. She has, she's earned the right to. I guess she's she's done it. But 
It just if you're not defending it, does it really mean anything? I don't know. Um, it it doesn't necessarily, but it's a good look, isn't it? And like, mm. and I think you know, it's it, a great look. And she's the yeah. she is the goat. Yeah. So you make it an exception and go, go on, have yeah. your two belts. Like, one of them's just the extra one. Just shows, hey, this is like an yeah. all time belt. I, yeah. I am, I, I am the best. And she's such a good ambassador for mixed martial arts. You know, post fight in there, you know. With um, you know, with, with her wife and, and with their, their their child, I just think it's, you know, for any of that kind of element of the MMA community that, uh, you know, is a little bit kind of not, that isn't very progressive, uh, in their thinking. And I think Amanda Nunes, uh, is fantastic for for kind of showcasing, you know, the the where we're at with 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 society and, and MMA. I think it's 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 perfect, and I think she's a, a yeah. A, a little family just puts a big smile on my face post-fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, God, did you see Pena's daughter at the weigh-ins? No. Pena's daughter was there at the the, the ceremonial yeah, weigh-ins yeah. and was just, like, there, like, backing up her mum. Like, there with her <laughs> fists clenched, looking up at Nunes as if to say, yeah, you're taking on both of us. It was, a, it was beautiful. It was fucking great. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I was a bit like, is it okay? Because Nunez was really intense. Yeah. And I had her fist right in her mum's face. And she was looking up at that. And I don't know if that was all right. But, God, she seemed to be like, like with her, I don't know. I just, I quite like that connection. She was just there with her mum like, yeah, come on. Let's go. <laughs> Love it. it. Okay. So what's next for, for Juliana then? Um, I don't know. Does she have to just go and get two wins before she can fight for the belt again. I think she's made a lot of fans despite how dominant her defeat was. And she's now a former champion, so that will never leave her. She's a former champion for life. Um, I think she needs to get one, if not maybe two wins. And there's names in there. Like I don't. I think Ketlin Vieira's the next in line. They could she's make a fought, fight Vieira, but... Uh. She hasn't fought Holly Holm yet, has she? Is she not? No. I don't it, think so. In that case, then, that is... That is a very, like, that's probably the biggest fight she can get if she hasn't fought home yet. I don't think she has. Well, then that's the biggest fight she can get. So go for the home fight. It makes all the sense in the world. Both yeah, former she, champions. She, home's she a big hasn't. name. If she beats home, it makes waves. So that, that, that's the fight. That's the fight yeah. to make. Um, mm. Shall we move on? Let's. To... I fucking love Brandon Moreno. I mean, look, I like Kai Kara France as well. I think they're both great. But the way Moreno fights, he just looks like he's having fun all the time. Yeah. I, I just think he just seems like the nicest guy. And when he's in there, he's got such a fun striking style. with his, that, But the way he you know, rocks his shoulders and his hands mm. are here, his hands are there, and then he kind of gives a little shimmy and all that stuff, and then he starts laying in the punches and He's just such a fun fighter to watch. I think yeah. he's absolutely brilliant. And I feel, felt like he was dominating the fight against Kai until the third round when Kai suddenly had a little bit of um, of success when he kind of got Moreno down. He cut him with that elbow on and the ground and pound. But then Moreno seemed to get pissed off, landed a few strikes, and then, oh, that liver kick looked painful yeah. didn't it the body just shut down and I, I wonder if maybe herb could have stepped in a little bit quicker but i mean it it was what it was his, bo- his body just shut down and moreno just finished him off 
What did you make of it? I, I'm going to say that I thought uh, Kai looked really good in the second round as well. I thought he was finding his range a bit more. Um, and I did think the third round he was starting to, to boss the fight. And I was really interested to see where it was going to go, to see if, what Kai had when it gets into the championship rounds. Um, I love, like you say, to, to echo what you said, that the, the Moreno sort of fight style with the, the the almost, you know, big box, little box kind of uh, fight style with his hands, you know, a little yeah. bit Anderson Silver in places. I like yeah. that. Um, constantly smiling. And, and there was there was so much respect between these two people. I'm a, Like you, I'm a big fan of both of these fighters. Um, a little bit of me would like to have seen Kaikara get the win just to see what, what that done. Should he have got, you know, gone on to fight Figueredo? Um, but you could see that, you know, in that third round, it was like, right, okay, I'm, I'm cut. Uh, I'm a better fighter than, than, than Kaikara France, and this is what I'm going to showcase now. And that kick was just like, oh, mate. Like, and yeah. at first, uh, do you know what? At first, when I first see it, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I thought he got him in the nuts. And I was like, oh, is he just, has he caught him with a low blow? And then, like, you just think, oh, no, no, he's in fetal position in Bovaria. And then it was like, oh, no. And then you watch the replay, and it was like, shit, that must. You just see him go for that breath, and there's nothing there. And it's just like, literally just shuts down. It's uh, brutal. And, yeah, I thought it was just uh, a, a really exciting fight. I'd like to have seen it gone on longer, but is what it is. Moreno. Just, just got a really good fight, um, and and just proved why him and Figueredo are the best in that division. And yeah, and it looks like it's uh, it's on. Interesting to see Figueredo um, in the in the building and then in the octagon. Yeah, what did you make of of him coming in the cage? Because I am not I a fan th- of that. See, I, I don't mind fighters getting in the cage opposite each other and stuff, but it just seemed like it was done badly or maybe Moreno was just not playing that game. I don't know. Because like, there was in Bellator, you had Ruffion Stotts come into the cage when uh, Danny Sabatello won. And it just makes you go, oh, these guys don't like each other. Oh, I'm interested in this fight now. This is great. All right, let's, let's, let's go. And you had, I mean, I know it didn't materialize, but when Brock Lesnar came in the cage with Daniel Cormier, I was like, Oh, yeah, it's getting a bit fiery. Okay, yeah, that's good. Do you know what? You say that. I'm not a wrestling fan. And when that happened, I just thought, oh, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I do not want the UFC to become WW, whatever it is. Like, I just, I don't like it. And I also thought what was badly timed last night was Moreno was halfway through his speech. Yeah. You know, and he's been interviewed by Joe and... And the cameras kept panning away to Figueredo outside the octagon, then getting closer to the, 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 the door and then he's in there and he's standing opposite him whilst he's talking about his fight and his family and I'm like mate this guy has just beaten Kaikara France uh, and won the interim belt let him have his fucking moment and like and stop keep panning away to to the champ because you haven't got to sell that fight we've seen that fight twice it sells itself it's it's going to be incredible and yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of stuff like that. I'm really not. And I'm glad that you mentioned that Brock thing because that was the time when I just thought, oh, this is I hate stuff like this. It's like it's it's pantomime, it's wrestling, and it's like I don't want it. I'm all over it. Of course you are. Of course you are. I love it. I, I didn't like it so much with Brock because it was Brock. So yeah. it was like, A, if that fight happened, I think 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cormier would have smashed him, but mm. B, um, it's just, you know... Uh, it didn't materialize into anything and stuff. But but when they do it right, like I'd say that mm. Raphael Stotts and Danny Sabatello recently, that worked. That worked. Mm. I but I think they did this wrong. They what you should do is go, Moreno, particularly with know who you're working with. If you're looking at like a McGregor or uh, you know, someone that's known for their trash talking, as soon as someone else comes in the ring, they're gonna turn they're gonna stop what they're saying and turn their attention to that guy and say, I'm going to do this. Do you want that? And it, it, it riles it all up and it gets it going and the fans get what they want. With Brandon Moreno, he's just talking about what happened in the fight and what happened in the lead up to the fight and all that kind of stuff. Just let him have his stuff. Let him, let him say his piece mm-hmm. and then say, oh, we're going to bring Figueredo in here for a stare down. And then you let them two stare down and you just stick the mic under what they're both saying so we can all just hear a little bit of the trash talk between them and how they're having a go at each other. That would have been great. But instead, as you say, they're sort of taken away from Brandon's moment. And Brandon, I don't think, really wanted it to happen the way it did because he was nah. speaking. It was all really I, awkward. It was a bit awkward because he could see he could you could see he was getting slightly distracted by Figueredo coming in. And also Brandon's just had like two and a half hard rounds. He's cut under mm. the eye. Figueredo's there, and we know Figueredo is a big flyweight, and mm. he's there without having to cut weight and all that stuff. He's probably thinking to himself, this guy starts on me now. He's going to be really pissed off. He's probably got family <laughs> yeah. in the audience as well. He's like, I don't want this guy to come out. I've just been it a few times. I'm like, yeah. Leave me alone. Um, and Figueredo comes in and he's lifting the belt up and he's like nodding and saying something towards him as if to say, yeah, let's go. I'm going to do you now. Yeah, but Brandon was still just talking to Joe about the fight. It exactly, was but that's weird. why it didn't work. And then yeah. Brandon starts being like, so unbelievably nice and being like, you know, you've done this, whatever. And then if I've done anything to you, I apologize. That's not, you know, I don't think I've done it because Figueredo has accused Moreno and his team of some stuff that I'm like, I've not seen any evidence of it. I think a lot of the time, um, is it Eric Albaracine or um, who's it? The guy that's in like Henry Sudo's corner and, and seems to kind of get Figueredo and start helping him and, 
um, oh, and, and Valid right, Ishmael yeah. as well. And I think they, they, these guys just kind of like let let's let's ramp up the drama to make more money and all this kind of. And I think even Figueredo doesn't believe all the things he says. Yeah. He's just trying to ramp it up, and it's like, and Moreno's just not that guy. He's just like, yeah. no, I'm just really straightforward and nice. Um, and so after that, I think Figueredo realized if I come at him with what my pre-planned thing was, I'm going to look like a dick here. So mm. he kind of turned on a sixpence a little bit and started being very respectful yeah. and lifting his hand. And so we got to a nice sort of moment, but it did feel like we got there in quite a cheesy way. That yeah. you know. And at the end of the day, what the UFC probably wanted was the square off and a bit of animosity, and they didn't get it. So it, it just... I don't think it worked really for anyone. If you want someone getting aggy in media, don't point the camera at Brandon Moreno because he's not that guy. (laughs) The reason that everybody loves Brandon Moreno is because he's just a lovely bloke with a great big smile uh, that loves toys. You know, just, uh, (laughs) I I love him. Absolutely. I mean, and props to Kaikara France, you know, incredible effort and be interested to see he's still such a young fighter as well you know there's 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 a bright future ahead for him interesting to see uh what what's going to happen great to see um the rest of his gym there in attendance uh Izzy and and Volk uh cage side last night um but from uh, two of the, the the smaller guys uh in the UFC to to two of the biggest and uh yeah Derek Lewis, Sergei Pavlovich. Ooh, that yeah, was, was uh, yeah. madness. Like, it's, um, it's weird how Lewis seems to be like getting into these brawls lately and coming off second best, which is mm. something we've not really seen before. Huge win for Pavlovich. Was he eleventh? And he's what was what was um, Black Lewis Beast, was fifth? fifth. So yeah, it's a big win, and and. Where are you at with a stoppage? Comfortable when, with it? When I watched it live, I was absolutely fine with it. Uh-huh. I didn't think there was a problem with it. Watching it on the replay, I can see where the argument is that it was a quick stoppage. However, I still think it's probably better that it was stopped. I I don't I think Lewis was clearly rocked. Yes, he bounced back to his feet. We never know what might have happened, but I think the likelihood is that he would have bounced back to his feet and just ate more shots. Yeah, and I agree. So I I don't actually have a problem with the stoppage. So I'm just looking at, at the at the, the rankings now. Interested to see where I and, and I pretty much echo what what, what you said there. Um at first I just thought, yep. Yeah, Yep, he's just eating a lot of shots, and yeah, I, I, I completely—I don't need to repeat myself. Um, just looking at the listings now, and just thinking what that does for for, for Pavlovich, the, and just the think, listings. Sorry, the rankings. Sounds, sounds like you're on like some kind of Lonely Hearts column or something. <laughs> looking at the listings. <laughs> Taito Vasa likes <laughs> barbecues and badminton and drinking uh, from shoes. Drinking <laughs> from shoes. And candlelit dinners. <laughs> Cyril Garn likes berets, onions, and. <laughs> okay, right. So 
where do you see things now for Derek Lewis? Well, Derek Lewis is the tougher one. Um, I, I'll start with Pavlovich. Um, Pavlovich now could be in the top five. I mean, you don't always take the ranking of the person you beat, but it's likely that it happens. But if they want to finesse the rankings and make him like seventh or something like that to push other people forward, they might do that. I think with Pavlovich, he's in a t- uh, no, not a tough spot. He's just been given someone ranked quite far in front of him. So it's not a problem for him to fight someone ranked behind him next. In terms of what would be best for him, I think someone like Alexander Volkov yeah, would be really perfect. good for him. Smash it's out. a Russia on Russia. You've got um, Volkov technically coming off a win after his mm-hmm. loss to Tom Aspinall. He beat Rosenstrike. Um, he's a big name. Mm. Volkov is a big name. And I think for someone like Pavlovich, he's probably you know, watched a lot of Volkov growing up and seeing Volkov be champions in other organizations and stuff. It'd probably be a great thing for him to fight Volkov um, and to fight someone that, you know, is so tall and long as well. That's great experience for, for Pavlovich as well. So I, I think that's the fight to make. Volkov will probably take it because Pavlovich might be ranked in front of him and Pavlovich will take it because he's a big name and it, it means a lot to beat Volkov. Where the heavyweight division is at is it is going to possibly start getting a bit stagnant because Blades has won, but it wasn't the most, it wasn't a great win against Aspinall. It was that horrible injury that Aspinall had. Garn's fighting to Ivasa in September. If I, I'll tell you what, if I was do if I was Pavlovich, stay ready. You only fought for like a couple of minutes in the fight just gone. If you're, you're European, if, if, if Garn. Or um, if Garn or Tuivasa falls out of that fight in September, you leap into it. Because that is that four-man tournament I was talking about. We've got, we don't know what's happening with Ngannou. We don't know what's happening with Stipe versus John Jones for an interim belt. Things are up in the air. Things might go a bit stale. But I tell you what, there is a mini tournament going on at the moment. Whether it's for a number one contender spot, whether it's for an interim title shot, we, we don't know yet. But there is something going on at the moment. And Curtis Blades has gone through... And we've got Garn Tuivasa. And if Garn or Tuivasa drops out injured or COVID or anything like that, if you're Pavlovich, jump straight in. Jump straight in. And then you could be the guy fighting Blades to maybe even for an interim belt coming up soon. Because we don't know what's happening at the top of that division. It is going to be a bit log jammed for a bit, I think. Um, so that's the best thing you could do if you're Pavlovich. And then if that doesn't happen, you take on someone like Volkov. And then you wait and see where the chips lie because heavyweight's just so up in the air at the moment. And so I have so so Derek Lewis then, he's he's obviously gonna be sort of looking at what, what's what's gonna be lined up for him. Does he take some some time out to I mean he he didn't look like he was seriously hurt. Um obviously, you know, I, I guess a lot of people will contest that stoppage, but um I think, could he be a potential in... I mean, we know that Aspinall's having knee surgery tomorrow. Um, I don't know what the recovery time's going to be, but would that be a comeback fight for, for 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 Tom to fight Derek Lewis? I mean, it's a nice one because he's such a big name. But in terms of the time frames of everyone, I can see Lewis getting in there a little bit quicker... And Maybe. we just don't know what's going on. We need to wait for Tom's scans. Let's hope it's nowhere near as bad as people have been saying. And he yeah. could be back training very, very soon. That's what we're all hoping for. But 
The worst case scenario, which a lot of people have highlighted it, it could be, is that he's out for the best part of a year. And I think yeah. I can see Lewis fighting within that time, particularly after how this one went. So I tell you the guy that everyone's going to want to avoid, and he's coming, is Alexander Romanov. And he is ranked 12th at the moment. He's fighting Martin Tybura soon, who's ranked 10th. Romanov is 16-0, and and he's very, very good. And I, I can see someone like Derek Lewis, who's only won one of his last four fights, being told, you're going to take on this Alexander Romanov guy who's ranked 10th and you're maybe like 7th or 8th or something like that. And it's just another young, hungry, undefeated prospect that Derek Lewis is going to be thrown at. And they're going to go, if Derek wins, great. We love Derek. If Derek loses, it really puts over Romanov and gives him a big name under his belt. Um, So I I can see that being a fight that might happen. And it's not a fight Lewis is going to be happy about taking. But I mean, when you've won one in your last four fights, can you really be choosy? I don't know if he can. Mm, yeah. Let's move on to uh, Pandoja versus Perez. Um, that was fireworks from the first second. They both went at with something to say, didn't they? That was incredible. Pantoja, I don't feel like I've watched him fight for ages. I need to quickly look up when Pantoja's last fight was. But Pantoja's got wins over two wins, I think, over Brandon Moreno. He's on a was a, has been on a good win streak previously. I think he's someone that has been in and around potential title shots for ages, but things have just got in the way, whether it be injuries or something else. And he, yeah, he's remember, got he's got a win over Kaikara France as well. Yeah, uh, two wins over Moreno. Um, I think a yeah, loss to Figueiredo though, maybe he has got a loss and to Askarov as well. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Pantoja just looked fantastic, and I think he's really good. I think he's he's kind of always bobbing around the outskirts of an actual title shot, and has been for a while now. Um, but how do you get him a title shot anytime soon? Moreno was talking about fighting Figueredo in December, and Pantoja's just had a win after less than like two minutes. It seemed. So, yeah. and that finish as well, that looks so painful because it was like a rear naked choke, but not under the neck. It was like across yeah. the face and the jaw. It looked just really uncomfortable and painful. But as I say, the title picture at the moment is it's going to be Moreno Figueredo 4. Unless, uh, unless Figueredo gets some kind of other injury or something I like said that. I two, didn't I? In two previous fights. It's three previous fights, isn't it? This is literally the fourth, isn't it? It would be Moreno Figueiredo yeah, four, yeah. Close. We've had a draw, one win for Moreno, one win mm. for Figueiredo. Um, so you've got to do it, and they, and all of them have been great fights. None of them have been shit fights. They've all been mm. great fights. So you have to make that fight next. You have to. He's got. He's the interim champion. What you could potentially do if Figueiredo gets injured again, which you know, but the I I don't know what the likelihood of that happening is. Figueredo defend uh, Moreno defends the interim belt against Pantoja or something like that, but I think Pantoja's but where, the where, next where, man up. But, but, but I mean, I know that he, he, he had the loss to um, Kaikara France, but 
Askarov is still currently ranked above uh, Pantoja uh, and has got a win over Pantoja. So where does Askarov fit in the in the mix? Well, Askarov's coming off a loss. Like that that was my other option. Is if Pantoja wants to get in there quick because there's just, you know, people aren't going to remember this come December mm. and maybe other fighters will have had one or two fights in between now and then. Um not to mention if the fight in December, say say they do book December Figueredo Moreno four, the likelihood is that ain't going to be a quick finish. Yeah. That's going to be a big five round war. So there's not going to be, other than Moreno Figueredo four, there's not going to be a flyweight title defense maybe until June of next year. Maybe who knows? April, May. Mm. Like I know things can happen. Maybe Figgy gets a, a quick finish or Moreno gets a quick finish, but the likelihood is it's going to be an all out war again. And you need time to recover from those things. So Pantoja might be sat on the sidelines again for the best part of a year before getting a title shot. He's not going to want that, surely. He's got to provide for his family. He wants to keep the buzz going. So Askarov makes a lot of sense. He can avenge a win he had. And Askarov yeah. is, is sort of up there, even though he's coming off a loss to Kaikara France. But it's a dangerous one for Pantoja because they say he's already lost and he's in the mix at the moment as probably the front runner for a title shot outside of the interim and current yeah. Champion. Um, so it, it is a tricky one, but maybe you go Askarov or maybe he hopes that someone gets injured or pulls out of a fight once it's announced. I, I really don't know, but it's, it's a tricky one, Pantoja, but he deserves, he, sh- he deserves a title shot soon. Right. Last one. And uh, kicked off the main card, uh, Anthony Smith versus Ankalaev. <sighs> I mean, I was excited to see Anthony Smith back in the octagon. Um, rough night in the office I mean it was such a shame because, and it's a shame for both guys in a way because the fact that Anthony Smith like, broke his ankle or whatever it is that's happened to him in that first round in my head and I know this is maybe wrong but in my head it just ever so slightly it takes the shine off of the win for Ankalaev if Ankalaev went out there and just beat Anthony Smith you're going that's it nine fight win streak the guy has done everything he needed to after that Paul Craig loss he had. This guy's the next guy up. This, this, you have to give it to Ankalaev. But now, after his really boring win over Santos, and now this slightly kind of murky win where Anthony Smith has broke his ankle and all that stuff, you just go, well, maybe he needs one more. And it all depends on maybe what's happening with the title shot. It's um, tough, man. I mean, he... He looked really good as well. He and did. Smith couldn't touch him, it seemed. No. And but I, he and didn't I think do any should... massive damage either. I suppose not, no. He won um, round one, but I think he won round one because he, he landed more leg kicks and he was evading yeah. Smith's strikes. It wasn't because he was really putting it on Anthony Smith. And let, let's wait and see what, you know, what the docs say about Anthony Smith because it was ankle, then it was leg, then it... So, I mean, I'm interested to know what it was. And if... His leg was broke, or his ankle was broke at the, uh, you know, in the first round. Then, not cool, man. Going out for the second round, like if he knew that, he should have spoke to his corner and he no. should have told his corner. It's Anthony Smith. That's what he does. No, he, man, he, it's he, not he, what any fighter should do, man. You do not fight with a broken, like a broken leg or a broken arm. You're gonna, you know, you want to live to fight another day, and you're gonna end up causing like long term. 
damage to your career. You, you know, it's, it, it, it's not a game for for heroes stuff like that. I'm not I'm not on board with that. Oh, I just bit down on my gum shield and got through it. It's like broke his leg or broke his ankle, and it's the, like. The, I understand what you're saying, but there's too much at stake. Like if he if he says. If he goes out there and fights with a bad ankle, but gets the the lucky shot or gets a sub, he was trying to pull guard in that second round. If he got a submission, he walks away with double his money. Anthony Smith's probably someone Lim- that's on, away. Well, yeah, but he he he's probably someone that's on something like I don't know, at a guess, hundred and fifty k show, hundred and fifty k win. That's a huge difference. You walk yeah. away from that octagon with three hundred grand to provide for your family, or you walk away with hundred and fifty grand. Obviously, you've got to get taxed. You've got to pay for your corner. You've got to do all that stuff. That No wonder they go out and do that stuff. And not to mention, Anthony Smith had interviews after his Glover to share a fight where everyone was saying they should, the corner should have thrown the towel in. The corner should have thrown the towel in. He's like, if my corner ever threw in the towel, I'd never work with him again. I, just, you, you don't, I, I don't do it now. I don't agree with that. I think the corner should throw the towel in when a fighter is in trouble like that and all that. But, but I understand from the fighter's perspective, especially when he's like, look, I'm 34 years old. I'm, this is my run at the title. If I beat Ankalaev, I could be fighting for the belt next. Yeah. I'm not I, taking I anything away from Anthony Smith. Doing it. I'd like to know if he told his corner in, in that, in that, um, at the end of the first round. I and think then, you mentioned you know, something, but they're not doctors. They can't x-ray it there and then go, yeah, mate, it's broken. You're fucked. Like, it could be something that he could walk mm. off. You don't, you don't, at that point in time, you don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, maybe. It's a, it's a it's a treat. I understand your point of view, but it's it's really tricky. It, mm. I I think it's tricky, and I don't blame Anthony Smith for going back out there. Um, and equally, in a, in a situation where a fighter is being dominated and pummeled, and you can save your fighter by throwing in a towel, I'm in favour of throwing in the towel. But when a fighter mm. comes to you and they seem fine, but they've just gone my ankle, something's not right in my ankle, then they go see how it goes. It, you might be able to walk it off because they don't know at that point. So mm-hmm. I do think that's different. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. But either way, light heavyweight, we don't know who the challenge is going to be to Yuri Prohashka. There's Yuri Prohashka put out on his socials that he wants it to be a rematch with Glover Teixeira. And I am all for that. I'd love 100%. to see that. Um, and if you're going to do it, you have to do it now because Glover is 75. Um, so <laughs> you need to do that. Um Otherwise, Just, Jan Blahovic is talking about fighting for the belt. I don't think you can give it to Jan when no. he beat Rakic by one. Again, Rakic had a leg injury. So I don't think Jan can just jump straight into a title shot. So maybe Ankalaev Jan Blahovic is the fight to make. Have you heard anything about this Rakic Manoa stuff? No, but you know, I heard that some, I heard, listen to a podcast where they do call ins and some British guy called Manoa like like a sucker punching something or other. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I, I haven't heard what's happened with Manoa. I have no idea what's what's gone on or what it is or like, no, I haven't got a clue. By, Do you know what's happened? By all means, listeners, um, message us and correct me, but I've got very sketchy details. So somebody messaged me and just said there was some kind of back and forth after Rakic beat Jimmy uh, and then he said something else like a little while after, and I think Jimmy said like, like that's disrespectful. Something when I see you, you know, I'm I'm gonna put it on you. And apparently he did. Apparently, because we I see Manuel was was cage side um, at UFC London, 
Uh, and I walked past Rakic, and what I will say is, he's a big boy. <laughs> he really is. I was like, oh, my God, uh, he's a, a, a big old lump. And, yeah, apparently, from what I gather, Jimmy Jimmy gave him a, a, a dig. And, I mean, I don't know if... I mean, I, I can't see that Manu is going to be on the radar for, for Rakic to, to, to fight in the UFC. I don't even know if Jimmy's still signed to the UFC. Well, um, he's retired. He's probably technically yeah. signed, but he's probably not in the USADA pool or anything like that. Um, yeah. You so, know, Rakic, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's ranked up there with the big boys. So I, I don't yeah. I don't see that Jimmy Manu opposes uh, 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 no. anything for the future of his career. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think... I want Glover, Jerry. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm all up for yeah. that. I think that's a really, really interesting uh, fight. It was such a great fight. I'm, I'm all up for it again. Um, and yeah, uh, I suppose Yan. I can see why he feels like he deserves that. But again, it was a, a weird win over uh, Rakic. But yeah, I guess just yeah. Ankalaev. No, I think that makes the most sense. Does it? I mean, like if you're Ankalaev or you're Ankalaev fan or whatever, which and I think Ankalaev's a very, very good fighter. But given the last two wins, I know he's on a nine-fight win streak, and you know, I, I always say, look, you look at Arnold Allen, you look at Leon Edwards, they need to fight for the belt now. And I would say a same thing about Ankalaev, but there are unique circumstances. Like this last win, it wasn't like he put it on Anthony Smith for four and a half rounds and then got clipped and Anthony Smith pointed at him and was like, oh, see, I got you. But then he still lost the fight, you know, 49-46 or whatever it was. Um, it, it was that his ankle broke. And did it break from Ankalaev checking a kick? Maybe, but it still doesn't feel like the right thing I don't know so I think yes he's on a nine fight win streak but there are certain caveats and we've also got a situation with the title picture if there wasn't this situation with Glover Teixeira right now where they've just had arguably one of the great well it is one of it's arguably the greatest fight of all time definitely the greatest light heavyweight fight of all time I think you have to say I mean it's up there with with uh for for I think it's probably in terms of sheer fun, it's above Gustafson Jones. I know Gustafson Jones is such an amazing fight. Big words. Uh, big words, big words. But I think for sheer fun, the amount of back and forths within the rounds yeah. and all that stuff, I think it's just, it's, I think it might be up there. Better. I haven't watched Gus Jones for a long time. I know it's big words. I might eat those words if I rewatch that fight, but I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to say it is. So with Glover being the age that he is and that fight being so good, I think, and even Yuri saying that's what he wants. Yeah. I think you make that fight. It's not necessarily the UFC style to do favors for people, and it would be a favor to Glover because he only had, he didn't have a single title defense to get an immediate rematch. It would be a favor to Glover. And not only that, but if Glover retired after winning, hmm. then the UFC looked like, oh, for fuck's sake, now our champion's gone. And that's never a good look for the UFC, and they don't like that. So I can see why they wouldn't make that fight. But as a fan, I'd love to see it. And if they did make that, I think Jan Blachowicz and Kalaev is the very obvious number one contender fight. Yeah, it makes all definitely. the sense in the world. But we'll have to wait and see. And next week, is it next week? Um, Santos versus uh, Jamal Hill? I think it might be yes, next weekend. I think or the that weekend is. After. I'll have to get that up now. But yeah, I think that's coming up. 
Um, I don't know what else is going on in that card. It doesn't like when I look at Santos versus Jamal Hill. I don't think, oh, this card's going to be stacked because they're at the top. Like, yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a fair, fair assumption. Let's. Uh, I'm going to pull it up. Let's just have a quick look ahead to to what he's he's uh, he's next week. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I like Hill. I think Hill's great. I think he could do really well in the light heavyweight division. But yeah. Oh, well, uh, hang on a minute. Vincente Luque, Jeff Neal. Yeah. That is a really great fight. I mean, Vincente Luque always brings it. That's a fun fight. But I tell you what's really concerning is when you go down the UFC um, uh, events page and you see what's fighting. You've got Thiago Santos, Jamal Hill, Vincente Luque, Jeff Neal. And then there's two fights where not a single one of those four fighters have even got a picture. They're just black silhouettes. Uh, so, Mohamed Usman, I take it that's... Um... Is that... Uh, that, that that's Kamal's uh, brother, isn't it? And I, I believe he's just done oh, hang the on Ultimate a Fighter. Is this the Ultimate Fighter finale? It must be, yeah. Oh, that's why. So I'll retract my statement. Yeah. Um, we'll, you know, clip that out. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's the Ultimate Fighter finale. That makes sense. So yeah, so I'll retract all of my words. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's the Ultimate Fighter finale. So that's Sakurai absolutely versus fine, Spivax on there. Um... Yeah, do you know yeah. what? It's not a bad card. Sakai, Spivak, yeah, fine. Um, oh, it's it's not a great card, Blake. Come it's on, It's not mate. a great card. No, but but you add the fact that you've got you've got a main event in light heavyweight that's fine. That could open a pay-per-view, really. It's not really a, a, a headliner of a, a fight night. But it's the fact that it's the Ultimate Fighter finale. But I tell you where I've, like... I, I usually watch the Ultimate Fighter every series. I haven't watched any of this series. I watched the first few episodes and I saw Usman's first fight. Um, but I've got to be honest, I'm, I don't even think it's time, but I used to watch it religiously and I was mm. loving it. You know, I, I must have watched the first 10 seasons and, and was just obsessed with it, you know, right back, you know, in, in, in the day. Henderson, Bisping, what, what a season that was. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm Ronda Tate as well. That was that was a, a yeah, that season. was a good one. I, I remember uh, uh, Chael Son and John Jones being a really yeah, fun season yeah. as well. I mean, even Rampage. To be fair, I watched yeah. last season. It wasn't a great series, the the Ortega Volkanovski one, but I watched that, and even my wife watched it with me. But yeah, I just didn't didn't watch this one, and so the, yeah, the, it, so I'm less bothered about these finale fights, I guess. But yeah. whereas normally I would have been well into it. The Cheeto Cruz. Um, cards not amazing either. Is it um, not? nah. At um, least that's a great main event, though. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, 100%. Chio Cruz is a really, really good fight. You're right; it's not got an amazing undercard, has it? Um, mm. but Chio Cruz is one of those fights where you just go, "Yep, we've got an absolute legend who's trying to get back to the belt, fighting a guy who has been on fire lately." Like what? Vera did to Frankie Edgar. What Vera did to Rob Font was even more impressive. Like, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one because when you look back on that that Frankie Edgar Cheeto Vera fight, Frankie Edgar won that first round by taking him down and dominating him on the ground. And mm. it's just that when they got around to that second round, that front kick was just unbelievable. But yeah. Dominic Cruz is is a good wrestler. He's got great footwork. Mm. It's going to be an interesting one, but I think Vera, v- Dominic Cruz will not land a single shot that can trouble Vera. Vera yeah. is so durable, and he would take... He took, like, double the shots that he gave to Rob Font 
but they had just like no effect on him in comparison to what he did to Rob Font. Um, but Dominic Cruz, I think the wrestling is key. The wrestling is key. If he can take him down, it looks like Vera might be a little bit more susceptible to being dominated a bit more on the ground. But on the feet, Vera's so long and, yeah. and he's such a strong striker that I, I think that could be trouble for Cruz. But that is a really interesting fight for sure. And then it's 278, and we'll do a pre and a post on that because our boy Leon Edwards uh, takes on Kamar Usman uh, for the, the World Awake title. Undercard is looking awesome. Aldo uh, versus Mirab, and you've got Paolo Costa versus Rockhold. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all over that card. Yeah, see, and, that's, uh, that's a bit more like the, the kind of undercards you want, isn't it? And uh, mm. um, also on that card, as I mentioned earlier, Alexander Romanov That's versus right. Marcin Tibora. Romanov is is pretty darn good, mm. and I think watch watch that fight closely because we could be seeing someone that's a future future title challenger at heavyweight. Um, and yeah, and Francisco Figueiredo, Davidson Figueiredo's brother, is fighting on that card as well. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what Luke Rodholds like when he comes yeah. back. Like, yeah. He's, you know, things haven't gone great for him since uh, when he's tried to return. Fighting Paolo Costa, who, you know, I mean, it's one of the biggest villains in the UFC at the moment and just an absolute pain in the ass. it seems. Do I, do I add him to the melt list? Well, I mean, how big's your melt list? It's getting, it's big getting bigger. It's getting bigger. I mean, bigger. If, if, talking of getting bigger, let's, let's put Costa on it because... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he could be put on the, the heavyweight melt list. Like, God knows what he's going to turn up as. Um, I'm a fan of Luke Rockhold. Um, I, I love watching his training videos. Um, he's, uh, he's, his question mark kicks blow oh, my mind. Blow my um, mind. They're yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, oh, he's handsome, isn't he? Oh, he's quite handsome, yeah. <laughs> is, this one of, is this the most handsome middleweight fight ever? Costa oh, and it could Rockhold. be. Oh, God. Well, get your popcorn no. out, boys. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, and and also speaking of uh, just something that I saw online this week, which was uh, was Nick Pete and um, and uh, oh god, what's his uh, fight disciples? Nick Pete and Adam Catterall uh, and Catterall. Uh, their their interview with Bispin, where it said. Uh, and he had to sort of try and keep his eyes on both of them, and just to see Bispin just oh, move, move his <laughs> move his, his glass eye one way to look at Nick and look the other way. Oh, mate, classic Bispin right there. That was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. Oh god! If you've not seen that, go to Fight Disciples or or Adam Catterall's Nick Pete's. I'm sure it's on Bispin's or most of the UFC channels because it was hilarious. And uh, yeah, what uh, what 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 a gang of lads they are. Um, okay, well I guess we're done, right? I think we're done, mate. That is us. So we will see you next time uh, for whatever we're doing. Uh, we might be doing an interview we might be doing a little card thing we don't know um, subscribe then, then you won't miss out subscribe you won't miss out give us a like and share on the socials uh, give us a little review on your little Apple podcast or Spotify or whatever it is you're listening to this on and yeah we'll see you next time bye bye bye